Hey, welcome to the AOL Podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message with Pastor Travis Bennett. You know, right before I came up here, the Lord reminded me of something. Uh, he didn't remind me of this. Did you know that today is Pentecost? So this is 50 days. I won't get into the, uh, all the meanings and all that different stuff of what Pentecost means. But it's a special day in the house of the Lord. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2 that when they were all in one accord. He also records there in the book, or, or Luke records in the book of Acts. He said, in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. He didn't just say the preachers. He didn't just say the teachers. He didn't just say the clergy or people that really are, are into it. He said all flesh. You know what? I'm believing God today that on the day of Pentecost, because let me just let me just tell you this. He said in the last days there will be two spirits. Look at it. Look Matthew 24. Look at Luke 21. He said that there will be a spirit of fear, but there will also be my spirit. There are two spirits that are colliding today. Amen? And I don't know about you, but the spirit of God on the inside of me doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. Amen? How about that? The spirit of God doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. And so the Bible says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Just one more thing. This is what I want to point out. Jesus dies on the cross. On the third day, he rises again. The first time that he comes to be with the disciples in John chapter 20, the Bible says that they were all together, and they were afraid of what the Jews were going to do to them. They were in fear. And Jesus comes to them, and the Bible says, he breathed on them and said, receive my spirit. That's when I believe they were filled with the spirit. Then we get to Acts chapter 2. And he says, before you leave here, you need to know this. John baptized you with water, but I will fill you. But but you are now today going to be filled with the spirit. Now, they weren't like Bible-believing people that were like, you know what? I received Jesus, and I've already got an infilling of the spirit. What he's trying to paint a picture all through the book of Acts is every day we need to be filled with the Spirit. Come on, let me say that one more time. And especially on the day of Pentecost, every day we need to be filled with the Spirit of God on the inside of each and every one of us. Come on, today more than ever, with all the things that are happening, the corruption happening in the world, of all this stuff with Target and Ford Raptor now has a pride truck. How gay is that? Like seriously. But you know what? There's two spirits that are colliding. A spirit of fear and the spirit of God. And I don't know about you. I'm not worried about what's going to happen because I got the spirit of God on the inside of me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Am I going to stand? Yes, I am. And I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to stand for what is righteous. I'm not going to call evil good and good evil. What I'm going to do is stand for what is good. Are you hearing me this morning? Now we get to our text. No, let me pray for you. Well, and then shake each other's hands. And then I want to stand for the reading of the word. How's that sound? But I just wanted to tell you, today's the day of Pentecost, people of God. Come on, today is the day of Pentecost, people of God. Say that one more time. Today is the day of Pentecost, people of God. 
You guys being in church on Memorial Day weekend, you're going straight to heaven anyway. Praise the Lord. We're like the frozen chosen out there. But you know what? I'm telling you, I believe God has something special for each and every one of you. So, Lord, Spirit of the living God, breathe on us today. Lord, we need you in every area of our life. Lord, we... Lord, forgive us in the places in our life that we haven't invited you in. But God, we just pray that right now in the minute details of our life, we pray that the Spirit of God leads us, guides us, directs us, shows us of things to come, of things that we missed. Lord, I thank you for the creative power that comes through the Spirit. Not only the restoration work, but things that weren't even there, Lord, you make there. That's how good you are to us. And so, Lord, today we pray for an infilling of your spirit in our lives. Lord, do what only you can do. Open eyes to see, open ears to hear. Lord, reveal to us today through the little things that you love us, that you never leave us, that you never forsake us. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we worship you. Lord, today, as we, this weekend, as we celebrate Memorial Day weekend, Lord, we thank you, God for the opportunity to live in the United States of America. And we pray for those families, God, that have lost loved ones through war, through fighting for the freedom of this country. Lord, I pray special blessing, peace over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Shake each other's hands. Say, I'm so glad you're in the house of the Lord today. It's so good to see you this morning. And now I want you to stay standing for the reading of the word. We're going to read this together, and then I'll let you sit down. John chapter 9. I have a little bit to read here, and you might think that it's too much, but how many of y'all know you can't, amen, you can't get too much of the word of God. It says in John chapter 9, verse 1, while he was passing by, he noticed a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would, he would be born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed and illustrated on him, in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with his saliva And he spread the mud on the man's eyes. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. So he went away and washed and came back seeing. So the neighbors and those who used to know him as a beggar said, is it not this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it is he. Still others said, no, but he looks like him. But he kept saying, I'm the man. So they said to him, how were your eyes open? He replied, the man called Jesus, made mud and speared it on my eyes and told me, go to Siloam. Go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and I received my sight. They asked him, where is he? He said, I do not know. Just be. This just kind of dropped in my spirit. Never get to the place where, where you receive the gift, and you lose the sight of the giver. Verse 13 says, then they brought the man who was formerly blind to the Pharisees. Now it was on Sabbath day. That he made the mud, my Bible's ripped right here. He made the mud and opened the man's eyes. So the Pharisees asked him again how he received his sight. And he said to them, 
He smeared mud on my eyes, and I washed, and now I see. Then some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs and miracles? So there was a difference of opinion among them. You need to know this. You need to know this. You need to know this. When God gives you vision, the world will always bring division. When God gives you vision, the world in return will always try to bring division. Then it goes to verse 17. Accordingly, they said to the blind man again, What do you say about him since he opened your eyes? And he said, He is a prophet. However, the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the man's parents. They asked him, Is this your son who you, you say was born blind? Then how does he now see? His parents answered, he, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But as to how he now sees, we do not know. Or who has opened his eyes, we do not ask. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself and give his own account of it. His parents said this because they were afraid. The Jews, uh, afraid of the leaders of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone acknowledges Jesus to be Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue, excommunicated. Because of his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So a second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give Give God glory and praise. We know this man, Jesus, is a sinner, separated from God. Then he answered, oh, whew, I love this answer. I do not know whether he is a sinner. Basically, I don't care. But one thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. Come on, give God praise this morning. If you can say at one time, I just know this. I don't know all the answers. There's some things that I'm still trying to figure out. And I don't know why it happened the way that it did. But I do know this. I can tell you this. I can confirm this. At one time, I was blind. But now I can see. At one time, I was poor. And now I've been made rich. At one time, I was weak. But now I've been made strong. At one time in my life. I ain't done preaching yet. At one time in my life, I was drowning, and there was something about Jesus. I can't explain it. I can't contain it. Jesus, your love is so, it's so amazing that I, there was a wrap that was thrown out to me when I couldn't see above ground, when I was suffocating in my own death, in my own sin, in my own... Oh, my... I'm trying to... Come on, how many of y'all have been just like this blind man and said, you know what, I don't know all the answers. I can't tell you the Greek. I can't tell you the Hebrew. I can't tell you. I, I just, I don't know why, but I do know this. At one time, I was blind, but now I can see. Come on, give God praise this morning. <clears throat> Look at your neighbor before you're seated and said, one time I was blind, but now I can see. Amen, amen, amen. Well, who's happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Yeah. Praise God. Well, I just, hey, I want to tell you, um, uh, we got some exciting stuff going on. I know they probably said it in the announcement. I'm going to say it. Pastor Robert's going to say it. But uh, this week will be our last week of uh, Bible school. It'll be our last one on the session of Paul. Man, I have learned so much with you guys. 
And, uh, but we're going to take a summer break. And uh, we will break all through the summer. And then Ju- uh, June, the first Wednesday in June, we'll have a service. There will be no, more, no Wednesday services in July. And we'll have a first Wednesday in August. And so, uh, but no, no uh, Bible school during that time. We're going to take a break. Also, too, I've taken a break from the lives in the morning. Please forgive me of that, but I like to just take this time to reflect and really soak in what God would have to speak to me during the summertime as well. Also, too, we're going to have some service times change next week. Starting next week, 9 o'clock will stay the same. But we are going to bump our second service up to 1045. From 1030 to 1045, we get really bottlenecked right here inside of our foyer. So this is going to give some time, some space. Uh, There's a lot of people that are, you know, they're just... Uh, antsy to get in, and there's lots of distractions that happen during that time, and we're trying to do away with that so God can really speak to us uh, in the first and the second service, and also to him, give me some freedom, amen? Sometimes God needs to go a little longer than an hour, and I want to give him time to go as long as he wants to go, amen? And so, <clears throat> anyways, there's that, and also this weekend coming up, we got a singles conference, come on, and if you're single, and ready to feel the tingle of the Holy Spirit? I don't know. I was about to say the other one, but not ready to mingle. Well, I guess mingle amongst friends and things like that. But uh, I'm super excited next weekend in the pulpit after the following the singles conference will be Todd Bailey. And uh, I'm always excited what God would have to share through him. And so I've got some great stuff going on and excited for this summer, VBS, and all these different, different things that are happening inside of the house. Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, uh, before we get into this particular story in John chapter 9, I'll tell you this. I have absolutely no notes this morning because I have so much on my heart, and I hope to get through all of it. Because isn't this just like the Lord of what he does in our life? The creative power. This This ain't a story of restoration. It's not like the boy once at one time saw. But this boy was born... From birth. So this is a creative power. He had to really pull him out of darkness and put him into light. And that's exactly what the Lord does. And if you haven't, if you you haven't been here over the course of oh the last five or six weeks, Pastor Ty preached for us for, for me last week. Amen. Let's give the, the anointing of Pastor Ty, give him a hand. Amen. <laughs> Thankful for him. But uh, before that. I had preached some messages on this particular topic. Here's your sign. And I don't know how long it's going to take me to preach all of these. uh, um, Because I have still some more that I want to show. Because what we're looking at is this. We see the creative miracle of what God does. And there is a lesson inside of each and every one of it. Like we looked in John chapter 2. We're looking through just the book of John. In John chapter 2, he 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 uh, talks about the story of where Jesus is at a party. And it lasts for seven days, a wedding party at Cana. This had to be a family that he was close to. And the Bible says that they had run out of wine. And his mother comes to him and says, you're going to have to do a creative miracle. And he takes the water and he turns it into wine. And it's not just a miracle of that he takes something without substance and makes substance in it. The miracle is this. Exactly, there's a lesson inside of that. That he takes things that are dirty. This water was gross. It was inside of these stone plates or the, the, these stone vases. And he takes something that's so wretched and wrong and gross. And how many of y'all know there's, there's some shame, there's some guilt, there's some condemnation of things that you've done in the past. 
And then when you come to Christ, he, because of the blood of Jesus. How many of y'all thankful for the crimson blood of Jesus Christ? The Bible tells us in Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord. And it says, it says this, and, and forget not his benefits, who forgives all my sins and heals all of my diseases. You know, because of the blood of Jesus, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And so in this particular story, the lesson in it and the instruction in it is this. When you come to him, he makes things, old, things that were old, he makes them new. Things that were gross, he makes them uh, clean again. It's, there's so many lessons. We looked at the story of the nobleman's son. We looked at the man who was at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. He said, do you want to be made well? And he had, to, he had a total life transformation inside of that. He had been at the same place for 38 years, lost his job, lost his family. He was literally living a country song. And when Jesus came in, he said, I don't want to just rearrange your furniture. I want to blow up the house and build a new foundation. Aren't you thankful for the new foundation that you have in Christ? Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become brand new. Before I left uh, last week, I told you the story of of the 5,000 that were fed. Isn't that amazing story of what Jesus is? He's a God of multiplication. He's a God of addition. He's not a God of subtraction and division. How many of y'all thankful that he takes what you used to be, and because of those mistakes and those things that you wish you could have done away with, now he advances you and puts you in a place that that, that's not void, but God, God made that thing Better, you are now better because of what you went through. Amen. Amen. We serve a God of multiplication. And now we get to this story right here. And I just kind of want to go through it and show you all the little lessons that I believe that God's trying to show us here in this story of here is your sign. <clears throat> Before we get to even verse 1, where it says while he was passing by, he says he noticed a man blind from birth. But I can't always help but study the whole thing. And I see in chapter 8, verse 58, it said, Jesus replied, I sure and most solemnly say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. So he is telling them of his deity of who he is. And then in verse 59, so they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus concealed himself and left the temple. I just want to point this out, and I'll move on with the topic. You need to know this. If God is using you in a mighty way, Like in this particular text right here, God is using Jesus for a blind man's eyes to see. You need to know this, that there will always be critics a stone throws away. There's there's, literally, he's leaving people who have stones in their hands to, to stone him. And Jesus leaves from that area and God's so, you can't be distracted of what other people are trying to bring you down by. You still have to fulfill the mission of what God has put on your heart to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Are you hearing me this morning? So we get to verse 1. It says, while he was passing by, he noticed a man blind from birth. Let's go to verse 2. He says, his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he would be born blind? The first thing that I want to point out, I've never really understood this particular text, but I do get it. Because there is people that think... That they have cancer today because of something that they did when they were younger. Can I tell you that is a lie from the pit of hell? Can I tell you God comes to bring life and life more abundantly? Can I tell you it's the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and to destroy? There is people that think that you are bound up, that you are broken. I'm telling you, I believe there is an iniquity that can get off of you. But the blood of Jesus covers a multitude of sin. Are you hearing me this morning? 
Good things from, from, come from God. Bad things come from the devil. I'm going to say that one more time. Good things come from God. Bad things come from the devil. And why are they thinking this? Because the law taught them this. He said, is this because of something he did? <clears throat> this man, why would it be this man? Because he was born blind. But they were also taught from the story of Jacob and Esau that you can sin inside the womb. And so that's what they thought, that, that maybe he sinned inside of the womb, and this is, what, this is what brought that. If you know the story of Jacob and Esau, how they wrestled with one another inside of the womb, one grabbing onto the ankle. But then we get to it, or is it his parents? You know, the Bible says in Deuteronomy, it says this. He said, I'm a jealous God visiting the iniquity of generation to generation. That doesn't tell me that, that he is going from generation to generation bringing up the things that you've done in your past. No, he's going from generation to generation saying there is still hope for you. Amen. Come on, are you hearing me this morning? That you can be redeemed from the curse of the law. I sent my son to die on the cross to redeem you of what your grandpappy's pappy did. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. If your grandpappy's pappy's pappy was a crook, it doesn't mean that you have to be a crook. If your grandpappy's pappy's pappy was a liar, it doesn't mean that you have to be a liar. It's saying that in every generation, God is coming in and saying, I will make a way when there seems to be no way. Even though your culture has given up on you, I have not given up on you. Come on, who's thankful that we serve a God that doesn't give up on us when everybody else has? And in this also, too, I have to think to myself, lots of times we ask all the wrong questions. When something goes wrong in our life, like this particular thing with the blind man, they are saying, why is this happening to me? Now, I've never done that, but maybe you have. I'm kidding. I do that all the time. How many of y'all have ever done that before? We say, why, why, why? We get on to our kids all the time. My son, Ketch, has been with me, uh, Brandy and Addison are out of town, and Ketch has been with me all day yesterday, and it's amazing how many times. He says, we're, we were putting up some lights, and he has this really cool treehouse. <clears throat> me and him went and bought some lights, Harbor Freight, and uh, we, I'm telling you, we were going to light up the treehouse, and we were putting them up. I, w I was holding the screw, and he was pulling the trigger really fast. That boy's full throttle at everything that he does. And he would say, well, why are we doing this and why are we doing that? And, you know, I'm thankful that he does because he has an, an int you know, intuitive mind. You know, we shouldn't get on to our kids for asking why, but how many of y'all know sometimes it's like, my God in heaven, shut up. <laughs> Come on, who's with me? Don't look at me judgmental. You know you've been there before too. All right, why, 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 why? But can I tell you, you know what? The Lord is saying the same thing to you as you're saying to your kid. Would you please stop asking me why? Would you please stop asking me why? And rather than doing that, you need to stop asking why and start doing this. How can God, how, how can God be revealed in this valley moment in my life? Are you hearing me? What can God do in me? What can God do to open my eyes to see during this moment that I don't get why? I don't understand why, but I'm not here to ask why. I'm here to say, who can be affected by the testimony of God, how he pulls me always out of the miry rock, uh, clay, and he sets me on a rock to stand? Are you hearing me this morning? I believe this for somebody this morning, you need to stop asking the question of why and start asking the question of what and how and who 
Who can be affected by all of these things? And God, where? Where are you leading me through in this time that I don't understand? I walk by faith and not by sight. Absolutely. So I'm going to walk by faith during this time. And then Jesus answers what I love about this. Jesus answered, neither this man, <clears throat> he answers him, neither this man or his parents sin, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed and illustrated in him. That's why we have to answer the question of who and what and when and not of why. Romans 8, 28. For it is God who works in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I don't understand why, but I do know this, that I'm going to be better. I don't get it. I don't understand why my son's off doing what he's doing. I don't get why my daughter's off doing what she's doing. But I do know this, that there is going to be a testimony of when she comes back to the land of the living. That there was people that are living the same way that she's doing. When she tells her testimony, at one time I was blind, but now I can see that God gets the glory and it's for my good. Come on, say this with me. God's glory, my good. Say it one more time. God's glory, my good. See, I'm reminding you of this because there's lots of people that aren't in here today. Not only just because it's Memorial Day, but they're not in here today. It's because everything's going good in their life. We have so many people, and I, and I point this out to them. I'm not just sharing this, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to uncover anybody or anything like this, but I share this with them. When your life is bad, you're in the house of God. When it's, not, when it's good, you're not. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, he said this, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to pour out a blessing on you, but don't forget who I am. Don't you dare forget who I am. Come on, can we make a point that in our life, that no matter if it's bad, if we're blind at particular moments, that the glory of God would be revealed in our life. God's glory for my good. Come on, let's make a pact together. When it's bad, we're going to serve God. When it's good, we're going to serve God. When I'm in the valley, I'm going to serve God. When I'm in the mountaintop, I'm going to serve God. When I'm financially broke, I'm going to serve God. And I'm going to do what God's called me to do. And I'm going to be a faithful giver. And I'm going to be a faithful tither. But I'm also too, when I am exceedingly abundantly blessed in everything that I have, I am going to serve God no matter the day, no matter the hour. I'm going to be faithful to him because God has always been faithful to me. Come on, give God praise this morning if you believe that with all your heart. Amen. I can give you a list of all kinds of people that have given up on me, but I can say this with all assurance and confidence. God has never forsaken me, and he's never left me, left me dry hanging out by myself. So it goes on, and he says, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Let me just put this out here. I could sit on this one for a while, but how can you call him a healer if you don't give him an opportunity to heal? How can you call him a redeemer if you don't give him an opportunity to buy you back? How can you call him a deliverer? We must work the works. It says in John, it says, greater works shall you do because I go to the Father. He gave us the Holy Spirit. It's the day of Pentecost, folks. We must work the works. When you, the word will work when you work it. But what I love about it, oh, I love it so much. I had revelation of this. You know, in, in Matthew's gospel, chapter 5, 
when he gives this Beatitudes, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, blessed are the uh, uh, peacemakers. But then he gets, after that, he says this, uh, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how can it be seasoned? You're then good for nothing but to be trampled over by men. And then he says this, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You. This makes so much more sense, especially when we read this in chapter, verse 5, where it says, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. But in Matthew chapter 5, he said, you are the light of the world. Why are we the light of the world? Because the light of the world lives on the inside of us. But thinking about this particular text right here, this is exactly what God does. From the very beginning of the book in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, he says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was out form and board, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. He was setting a precedence from the very beginning of Genesis to the very end of Revelation. You, you can look through every story of what God does is he brings light into our dark world. Because he cannot create in darkness, he can only create in light. He can only create in light. He can only create in light. So if there is things in your life that are in the dark right now that you have secrets, I'm telling you, God can't create in you what he can in somebody else because he can only create in light. Oh, man, I hope you get this this morning. Because he's talking about a blind man's eyes coming to see. And he has to point this out there. He says, you must work the works. I am the light of the world. This guy has been living in the dark ever since he was born. How many of y'all know we're born into sin? How many of y'all know we're born into darkness? But when Jesus comes in, I can't explain it. I can't contain it. But I do know this, that at one time I was blind, but now I can see. Are you hearing me this morning? <clears throat> you guys don't look so enthusiastic about it. But this is where it gets good. When he had said this, Oh, man, I better keep moving. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with his saliva, and he spread the mud on the man's eyes. Isn't this awesome? Now, I don't suggest this. You know, when I think about this, I'm, I'm sorry, but this is where my mind goes. You ever see uh, Ace Ventura when he's with those Indians? <laughs> and I mean like he is hawking a loogie, like he is snorting one in. You know what I'm talking about? I can just see the Lord. All right, we're going to do, I am the light of the world. <laughs> you know, brewing one up. <laughs> Don't you love Jesus? You know, as I, as I read through this and every time that I see this, there's just some things that I, that what I want to point out. I learned this in Bible school. That at the particular time, there was magistrates, there was doctors, and people that felt like there was medicinal value that came from saliva. And I'm pretty sure that they've changed their mind by now. Just saying. Uh, but I just want to point this out. Like, as I've thought about that, I've thought about that the Lord is telling us that I can use medicine to bring healing. I agree with that. Do I believe that the Bible tells us in Mark 16, he says, believers will lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Can you get healed in the healing line? Yes. 
Can your head get anointed with oil? He's Jehovah Rapha. He's the God who heals. The Bible says in Psalm 107, 20, uh, he sent his word and he healed us and liber- delivered us from all destruction. Can, can, that you bring, can he bring healing that way? Yes. But also, too, you know what? My body brings healing. <clears throat> like when I get a scab, <clears throat> when I get a scab, it's amazing how the blood clots up and then it becomes a scab and then my skin, it's like it, it never happened because my body brought healing. My whole point with all of this is this medicinally. Can God bring healing through medicine? Yes. Can God bring healing through your own body? Yes. Can God bring healing through the healing line? Yes. Can God bring healing through a prayer chain? Yes. Can God bring healing through the anointing oil? Yes. But this is what we all need to know. It's God who heals. Are you hearing me this morning? It's not doctors. It's not nurses. And thank God for nurses and doctors. But my point is this, and I always pray this. Thank you for the education that they've received. Thank you for the insight that they bring. But my trust is not in them. My trust is in God. Because it's God who is the healer. Jehovah Rapha, the God who... Come on, let's give it up for Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. What I love about this particular, he spat on the ground and made with mud his saliva. This is his deity, his DNA going into our humanity. Also, too, what it means symbolically to me. You know, you read the old King James and it says this, that he came from the clay. I will say again, this is not a restoring miracle. This is a creative miracle. The Bible says that we were created from the dust of the ground. We were molded, the, when, when, when talking about in Jeremiah, he is the potter and we are the clay. He is molding and he is making. In this story, I see this. I not only see him as a healer, but I see him as a creator. That he created the mud and put it on the man's eyes. How many of y'all know he's still the creative God? He's still the creative God. He can make a way when there seems to be no way. So there's the symbolically, but also to the practical side about this. Man, I've been studying this word all week. This is what I love because you read, you read the Gospels and you see the story of the blind man, different stories. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 20, he talks about uh, he's walking along the road and two blind, come, blind men come to him and he said he had compassion on them and he touched their eyes and they were healed. Then you get to Mark chapter 8, you see blind Bartimaeus, he comes to him, and he speaks a word to him, and he's healed. Then you see in Mark chapter 10, he takes a guy out of the village, and what he does in that particular story is he prays for him. He said, what do you see? He said, I I see trees like, men like trees walking, and then he prays for him again, and then his his side, he can see. Now we get to this story in John chapter 9. And he makes mud, puts it on the man's eyes, and now he can see. Now, go with me right here. Go with me. This is where I'm going practically right here. If the man in Matthew's gospel, or the two men in Matthew's gospel, if they were to have a healing crusade today because of the touch, they would have a ministry that said, one touch from God. If, the Mar- if blind Bartimaeus had, had one, he would say this, one word from God. Now, in, in Mark's gospel, chapter 10, where the story is, the, the man is let out, he would say this, just two touches from God. 
I had one touch, I got better, but the second one, that was the one. But now here's a guy, you know what? I'm going to have a muddy waters ministry. <laughs> this is my point this morning. This is where the, what the Lord showed me about this particular text. This is what I love about Jesus. You can't put him in a box. The last time people put him in a box, he got out in three days. He won't stay in a box. And just because God showed himself evident to Haley in one particular way doesn't mean he's going to show it to me in that way. And it doesn't mean that he's God. It means this. He said this, just be still and know that I am God. And it doesn't matter if I use mud or my hands or speak a word or I lead you out of the wilderness and I have to pray for you two times. I'm just saying this. You know this, that I am still the healer. I am Jehovah Rapha. You don't trust in man right now. You trust in me. And I will make a way when there seems to be no way. Then I think about the personal side of it. Oh, my gosh. The guy is already blind, and now he makes mud? Let me tell you, from a seasoned vet of throwing mud as a child. All right? We, years ago, we had, uh, uh, you know, as youth pastors, man, we had a bunch of kids one night, and we had a big rain like this. Well, we went back here, between here and the arena. Sherry, you remember this. We went between here and the arena, and we had mud volleyball. And it was in horse manure and all kinds of stuff. We had a couple of kids get some ear infections, but we prayed for them. Praise the Lord. They were healed, set free, delivered, filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on. We had a healing line afterward. Caleb, you remember this? And I mean, we had mud from head to toe. But I remember that night, I got mud in my Terrible. It felt like there was boulders inside of my eye. This guy's already blind. And now Jesus is making it darker. You know what the Lord told me? It was like the Lord was speaking to me. He's like, son, you are so hard-headed. If I was easy on you, you wouldn't get it. But sometimes I've got to break some things off of you. Are you hearing me this morning? Like you may think it's dark now. It may get darker. I'm just here to tell you, it may get darker. But he said this, I want you to go to the pool of Siloam. You know what Ephesians chapter 4 says? You need to go to the washing of the water of the word. Oh, man, I hope you're getting something out of this text this morning. As much as I am. Oh, my gosh, it's 9.55. I better, I better hurry up here. So medically, symbolically, practically, personally, you guys getting something out of this? I hope you are. This is the Lord. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. What I love about this, so he went away and washed and came back seeing. I hope he had some people with him. Because not only is he blind, but now his eyes are full of mud. And there is a, cer a certain sense of urgency. But what I love about this, he not only obeyed, he blindly obeyed. How many of y'all know we need to take the word as it is? And no matter what people come against me, I'm going to obey because I walk by faith and not by sight. God, if you've given me a word to do, I'm going to fulfill it. No matter what my, what my family says against me, no matter what my coworkers say against me, no matter what Facebook people say against me, I believe that you sent your word and you will perform it in my life. And I'm standing on that. I'm going to blindly obey the word. So the neighbors... And those who used to know him as a beggar, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? They're asking all the wrong questions. Rather than asking that, that they should be, 
be asking, who is it that healed him? Some said, it. let's go to verse 11. He replied, the man called Jesus made mud and speared it on my eyes and told me, go to Siloam and wash. What I love about this particular text right here is he missed a big part of this. He missed that he spit and made the mud. But he didn't know what was going on. Listen, you might be blind of how God's going to work it out. The fact of the matter is, is that at the end of the day, you don't have to know those things. You just need to know this. At one time I was blind, but now I can see. Let's go to verse 16. It says, then some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs and miracles? So there, is a, there was a difference of opinion among them. Can I tell you this? And I said it a while ago, but I just really want to hit on this point. When you get sight on what God's called you to do, start a business, marry somebody, all right? Or, or uh, have a, start a ministry or whatever it is. When God gives you vision. God puts a dream inside of your heart. You need to know this. There will always be division from the enemy. Like you come into the house of God, there's going to be vision, right? How many of y'all thankful for the house, arena of life where you have hope? <clears throat> Amen. But then you get out on I-40 where people don't know how to drive. We have some, we, we have some blind people out on I-40 right now that don't know where they're going or what they're doing. All right? We've all... Praise the Lord for them. I'm just saying this. Whenever you get vision, there will always be division. There will be people in your life and saying, you've made a mistake. I, I know this. You know, I drank beer just as many of you in this room. And when I quit drinking, I used to pay for all the beer because I had a good job. And now when I quit drinking, Don, you did the same thing, I'm sure. Or you, were, you didn't drink beer, did you? Just scotch, <laughs> right? <laughs> But when I got saved, what happened to me was this. Now I have vision, and now they're calling me and say, hey, I'll pay for it if you just come. Trying to divide what God has spoken into my life. Now my eyes can see there will be division from all the naysayers out there. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Oh, man, are you seeing this this morning? I hope you are. I'm just here to give you some insight this morning. To say this, that you may be under attack from, an, from a, somebody that you absolutely love, you absolutely cherish them. I'm telling you, you stand firm because you know this. I've given you some wisdom for my granny sitting on the back porch of Breckenridge, Texas, where she has the bug zapper, sitting there smoking them long cigarettes. Her saying this, Granny Bennett would tell me this, when you have the light turned on, you will attract bugs. Granny Bennett's right. When you turn on the lights, you will have bugs. With vision comes division. You stand the course. You fight the good fight of faith. You stay in there. Are you hearing me this morning? So then, you know all the rest of the story. I really just want to hit on the last one, number, verse 25. He says, I do not know whether he is a sinner, but one thing I do know is this, that though I was blind, now I can see. Come on, let's stand to our feet this morning. <clears throat> Though I was blind, now I can see. Isn't this the story of Jesus? 
Come on, I'm going to say that one more time. Isn't this a great story of Jesus, of what he means to each and every one of us? My point is this, never stop telling your story. Can I say that one more time? Never stop telling your story. Listen, your story has the impact for so many people of how God has pulled you out of rags and now he's made you rich. When you were weak, now you're strong. When you were poor, now he's made you rich. And here's the deal. People try to get you into a corner. They'll try to ask you philosophical questions. They'll try to ask you how many animals were on the boat. Who cares? People try to get me in the corner all the time. There's a guy last weekend who said, I haven't seen you at many soccer games. And, and, and I said, well, here's the reason. I'm a preacher. You know, I believe this. You don't have to go to church. You know that whole deal. This is what I told him. I said, you, I said, the Bible says this, that during the rapture, he's not coming back for Christians. He's coming back for the church. And he goes, what's the rapture? <laughs> I said, this is not good for you. My whole point is this. People are going to try to, what, what the enemy will do through other people dividing They will try to back you into a corner, and you might be at a place. That's why it's so important you come to Bible school. That's why it's so important that you come here and you you get online in the mornings. We go through the book of Ephesians and Philippians that you know how to defend the faith. Those things are important, but I am saying this. The most effective thing in your life is your testimony on how you live your life. Smile on your face. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Like the whole world. I don't know if you guys have watched the news. They've lost their minds. 1 Corinthians says, The God of this age will blind the minds of the unbelievers. Can I tell you? It's like we're watching a Michael Jackson thriller show of people just dead to the truth. Like, how long can this economy, I mean, I get it asked all the time when I'm down there shooing, how long, when, when will this economy break? And I'm sure it will, but you know what? The God I serve owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And he will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. What am I saying? I don't know the answer. I just know this, at one time I was blind, but now I can see. Well, when do you think the rapture is going to be? I don't know. I feel like we're in the 11th hour. But no one knows the day or the hour. But but, but can I tell you this? This is one thing I do know. I just know this. At one time, I was blind. Ephesians chapter 2 says we were like corpse, like dead men walking. And he breathed his spirit on the inside of me. And can I tell you now? Now I walk by faith and not by sight. I can't explain it. I can't even... I can't put it into words. But this can. The whole world's crumbling. Armageddon's coming. (laughs) 
America has gone to hell. But I do know this. There's he's trying to be hers and hers trying to be him's. But, but this is what I do know. I know this. I was blind, but now I can see. Oh, man, I hope you get this in your heart this morning. Don't take it personal when people try to divide you. Don't take it personal when people try to attack you. Can I tell you what he's trying to do? He's trying to take you off of the course of what God has in store for you along the way. And you might be in a blind moment right now, but you stay the course. You don't give up. You go to the pool of Siloam. It's right here. This is the pool, the washing of the water of the word. You go to the pool of Siloam. And he's going to do a creative miracle. He's going to make a way when there seems to be no way. And now this is going to go in the notch in the belt of all the things that you've been through. But God is still on the throne, and he's still the king of kings, and he's still the Lord of lords, and he's still my savior. He's still my king. He's still my healer. He's still my deliverer. He's still my strong tower, <laughs> my righteousness. And I will still keep fighting. Will I fight for America? Yes. You dang right I will. Are there are people who try to divide me? Yes. But at the end of the day, there may be some things that I don't know. There may be some things that I don't care to know. But I'll tell you this. I can say this with all confidence. I was blind, but now I can see. Amen. <laughs> I was blind, but now I can see. I was blind. You know what I'm praying? I'm praying that for you and your family. I'm praying for that wayward son, that wayward daughter, that wayward cousin, that wayward friend. That they would come back to the land of the living and they would say this, Man, I didn't realize how lost I was and I can't even explain it now, but I experience a peace now that I've never experienced before. I'm experiencing a joy now that I've never experienced before. Dr. Phil can't put it into words. Oprah can't put it into words. A blind man that experienced put it into words for us. And he said, I just know this. I once was blind, but now I can see. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, if you're out there and you say, you know what? At this moment in time, I'm blind. But today, I want to see. If you're out there and you say, you know what? I don't know Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Now, if there's sin in your life, you do need to ask the question of, was this me or my parents? Not your parents. It's you because sin brings death. Sin brings, if there's sin in your life, you are opening the door to the enemy. The Bible talks about it in Ephesians. He says, you have opened the door to the enemy. So if there's sin in your life, you literally need to ask the question, this, you're, you need to tell yourself, this is why this is happening to me. If your heart's right, you need to say, what can God do during this time? How can he pull me out during this time?
But if there's sin in your life, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So if you're out there and you say, you know what, Pastor, I don't know Jesus is my Lord and personal Savior. And on this Memorial Day weekend, I want to invite him to come live on the inside of me. The problem is sin. The solution is Jesus. The response is what you make. I'm just going to ask this question one time. I'm I'm not asking you to be a part of this church. I'm not looking for another giver or another tither. I'm not looking for any of that. I care about you and where you will spend eternity. So if that's you and you say, Pastor, you know what? That's me. You're talking to me right now. I need to get things right with God. I need to invite him to come live on the inside of me. Just lift your hand and say, you know what? That's me. You're talking to me this morning. Is there anybody? Amen. Amen. We have one that lifted his hands. Come on, let's pray together. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross. And you paid the price for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. But today I ask for forgiveness. I believe in my heart that you will come live on the inside of it. I confess you as my Lord. From this day forward, I'll serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Mark, will you allow me to pray for you? Come on up here, Mark. Come on, give Mark a hand as he comes forward. I was just telling somebody the other day, I believe God put you in my life for a reason. And uh, this is one of them right here. And it doesn't matter how old you are. Listen, God can turn your whole family and your life around. And God's going to use you as the man of the inner home to do it. So God, right now, I just pray right now for Mark. I just pray for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I pray, God, right now that, Lord, as his heart is opened up to you, that you would minister to him in such a way, God, that he would feel your touch, that even though the enemy might try to creep inside of his head and say, you've missed out on all these years of serving me, God, I pray that he would taste and see that the Lord is good and that you are renewing his youth and, Lord, that you are renewing that time. And, Lord, as he casts all his cares on you, for you care for him, God, that you will make a way. Lord, I get an agreement for his family right now. I pray that each and every one of them, I pray that his sons would serve you all the days of their life. I pray, that Lord, that for the one that's lost, would come back to the land of the living. We get an agreement for it right now in Jesus' name. You would make a way when there is no way. Lord, reveal yourself to all of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. 
and we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.